Welcome to Stand Up and Clown, the podcast. I'm your host, Chad Demiani, joined as always by musical slash technical director, not a host, James Venable. Uh, James, welcome to the podcast. Hello, everyone, and I'm just so excited to be here today. I can't wait to see what I can learn because I always learn so much, and I particularly think I'm going to learn a lot today. (laughs) Also, just for those keeping score at home, this is the first time Jim hasn't acted like podcasts are live. That is true. <laughs> yeah, he says, hey, everybody, how are you? How's everybody doing? I keep waiting oh, for our huge. response. <laughs> well, um, it's horrible. Yeah. Excuse me. Wow. You're not, you have not, don't, please I'm don't sorry. win the first minute I got of this podcast. <laughs> okay. Please. We were so, okay. Well, let me just, a few things I need to explain before we bring on our esteemed guest. Um, this is a podcast about clowning. It is not a clowning podcast. We have no responsibility to be funny or to amuse you or to do bits. Um, having said that, we do have a fairly lofty ambition, which is to define the undefinable. What is clown? Uh, how does it intersect with some of your other favorite art forms? Um, and so we've brought on a person who privately guaranteed to me they had a finite definition of clown. That they're gonna- <laughs> I cannot wait to hear this because it'll be a first. Uh, uh, just... Um, you know, fringe superstar, actress, writer, director, um, one of my dearest friends, Courtney Peroso. Welcome to the broadcast. What's that? Oh my god! Want to be surfing right now? Um, it is. Um, you can talk over this because that's a thing. It's so loud. I. Listen to your Dean podcast today, and so I just remembered that you guys mentioned the music sounds really loud. The music—it's not a lie, right? Like you were like, "Oh, this is all it, like the music's going to sound totally normal." This is the way Jim screws with uh, us. I want to be like, "Hi!" Like screaming. Um, I, I do. I have to say, I did. I really liked that song, though, and I really, really liked the intro song. I felt like I was entering a whole new world, Jim. Well, that's two actually. points for me, Chad. These are these are original works by Jim that were rejected for uh, movies that found better composers. Yes, I, the, your theme, Courtney, was actually not rejected. I just took it from a, a film I did for free, so I still own it. So I got to use it on you. Oh well, yeah. I really enjoyed it. It was about I felt an, like I was. It was about a, a female spy assassin, and that that was kind of the main title. So I thought of you when, and I thought it kind of seemed to fit. Thank what you. what part of a what the spy part the assassin part what makes she's an assassin of humor because she slays the audiences night after night. Oh boy, <laughs> I think you think you part? scored points there, but I think. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like you made me sound like a whore. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch! All right, all right. I'm I'm with you. Like, no, but I, but I like it. I like. It. I like it. I'm projecting. I'm projecting. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, you heard the Dean Evans podcast and. Uh, you know, so these are very composed intellectual conversations, Courtney. I am your dumbest guest today. Oh I know that. I, I really enjoyed listening to Jet and Dean, and then I was like, oh my God, I'm so stupid. <laughs> no, but the reality is, though, I mean, I know this is like kind of it, Coco's very smart. Um, I mean, if you talk to her for a short period of time, you might not realize it. <laughs> but as you know her for years and years, Um, there's so much I want to talk to you about. I was keeping notes and we are trying to keep these to about an hour. So, so I want to get right into it. And if, cause there's some questions I have, like, 
I do consider you one of my dearest friends. I love Uh-oh. working with you, but there are things I don't know. Oh. And one of my first questions before you were cl- like self-identifying as a clown, mm-hmm. you were already doing really well. You were doing like sketch, you were with the groundlings. And I was curious, do you remember the moment or the series of events that made you think, Oh, I'm actually a clown. Like, yes, I've been working on acting and sketch. I can do all that stuff, but the work I want to present to the world that reflects my, my tastes and my vision is clown work. How did that come about? Yes, I do remember. Cause it felt very dramatic to me at the time. <laughs> um, because well, when I, when I started doing it or like fell into it or discovered it, discovered it or whatever, I actually, I, I was really looking for something. I was like in kind of one of those phases of life where I was like, what do I do? You know? And yeah. so when. Could you the, just tell us too, at that point, you, was this a time already where you were successful at the groundlings that you were doing other things? Like what, what, what juncture were you as a performer at that moment? Yeah, I had done uh, groundlings and had been in the Sunday company. So doing like sketch and improv stuff and then wasn't doing that anymore. And I had tried stand-up like a little when I first moved to LA, but that just never fully clicked for me. And then I was like, well, I don't, I don't know. I didn't know how to like hop on a variety show or something. I wasn't working in that way. And um, I I started like, honestly, I saw Natalie like just doing stuff at UCB because I was just kind of around and I was like, what the fuck? Like, who's this woman? I love her. And then uh, kind of fell into it. And, and met everyone, you know, so. And now my first memory, and I've actually talked about it in a previous podcast, which you probably heard, was I remember doing an incubator with, well, actually my first memory of you was somehow I just saw a video of you in a white bikini doing like a Paris Hilton impression or something like that. Oh my God. I I have a deleted from the internet um, celebrity impression fake reel. And I did a like Kate Upton. That's Kate Upton. And, and, I, and I was just like, and it was really like, I remember being like, oh, my God, I because you didn't see that in general, just someone like in a bikini doing comedy, but also like, oh, that's a really good impression. Like, I remember thinking, that's a really good impression. What? And then it was the incubator. So just to give a little background to people listening, um, a lot of us kind of really cut our teeth at a place called the Lyric Hyperion, which still exists mm-hmm. under new uh, new people are running it and booking it. Um, most of us now are at the Elysian. But the incubator was a process where you would meet all week. You were supposed to start with an idea that was fairly new and night after night you would work on it. It was late. I think we, was it 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night that we would start the show? Probably. And then the audience would stay and give you notes. Although that changed over time because uh, Dr. Brown, Phil Berger's uh, started getting more annoyed with the notes from the audience um, <laughs> and it would build to a dress rehearsal and then a fully run show with like so many talented people. And the first time I met you, you were doing the burlesque act Mm-hmm. I thought was so amazing. And also, and I think I mentioned it on this podcast before I can remember a bunch of us kind of talking and being like, I don't want to go after Coco <laughs> because the act just scorches. I mean, earth, it's just like, it ends so big and this and that we're like, Oh, that's going to be tough to go after. Um, was that one of the first things you did in terms of like the variety space or had you already been doing things? That was one of the first things that I like, uh, that I developed is like a piece where I was like, Oh, I could like take this to any show kind of, you know, that's um, hilarious that that's the piece <laughs> you think you could take. 
this piece oh my god but i did like i did that piece at the improv in their alt room to be fair and it like it did kill but like you know but it but it also you know it's like really nasty and i I was very i was in a crazy moment of life when i thought that that was a good idea um but i uh i'm glad that you like that bit um thank you (laughs) but oh yeah you go please you go no i just you know before that when i had done stuff at groundlings maybe i realized later i was like oh i was like kind of thinking like a clown like or that was kind of more of a clown bit what i was doing you know um like i had a magician's assistant bit one of my favorite sketches where like it's just that the magician didn't show up so i'm just an idiot like pointing at stuff that's not happening and like reacting really big and like sort of you know that was like i was like oh that was like clowny but yeah yeah and then the the next time I think we worked together in like a major way was uh, a play called Gerald. <laughs> yeah. um, and we were both at different times brought in quite late. Like I was brought in quite late to be the lead um, after I was told six or seven other people turned it down. Um, <laughs> well, I almost was your part for like one night. and then I Right. Was like, you were oh. one of the six. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what to do. And then, yeah, but you were so great. And I love that show. I was really, you know, in retrospect, I'm, this show was so fun and the process of making it, what we essentially did was, uh, again, uh, Phil Burgers, who I'm sure we'll mention a bunch in this podcast. He brought all these great clowns together, had them individually develop ideas. And then um, maybe just because they kept running through different possible leads, I was brought in late. And then we just figured out a way for me to coexist with the pieces that already existed. And it was much like the Odyssey. It was just me traveling, trying to find uh, my, my friend, uh, like the, I was called the inventor. I was trying to find my invention. And then I would travel through all um, these kind of surreal worlds. And you were brought in. Um, uh, Chloe Feynman was actually in the show. Yeah. And, uh, and then that didn't work out. And uh, she was partnered with Natalie Palomides. Uh-huh. Um, and then you came in to partner with Natalie. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's the the burlet, the psycho burlet. Because we, we hadn't really become <laughs> friends. I was just a fan of what you'd done. And that was the first time we got to work together. Yeah. I remember one night too, like the show is so chaotic and there's blood and there's nudity. Do you remember this where like it was one of your first nights and you almost like jumped a cue and I grabbed your hand. Do you remember this? No. And you looked at me like, what the, cause like, it was just the most chaotic moment, but then like the energy was off the roof and I was like, Oh, I don't know if I should have done that. Cause, uh, you know, I didn't know you that well, but like it did kind of keep the the piece on pace. Oh, but, um, but I remember thinking like, oh, that was the first time I saw you and Natalie work together and also was like, wow, these two, these two are very natural together. Like, boy, they are not, they don't have to work hard to have fun out here. They were just, your, your status between the two of you mm-hmm. was completely obvious and natural <laughs> from Jump Street mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But um. Do you have any specific memories from that show in terms of the process and stuff like that? Well, I definitely don't remember you grabbing my arm and I don't usually jump cues. I'm pretty like good at knowing what I'm doing. So I don't know about that story. Wait, you think are you saying it's a made up story? <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't recall ever missing a cue ever in my life. In your life? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, but no, I love, I love that show. And the, the structure is so simple. I was like, oh, it's like... Um, you know, I, I thought that was like a pretty genius show. Uh, and I, that was like, yeah, I was meeting everyone, a lot of people for the first time, but 
uh, yeah, me and Matt, it was like, I was, had been like essentially pursuing her in my mind or something, you know what I mean? So it was so fun to like get to make this weird piece together and be very theatrical. And, um, yeah, I love that show. And it was from there that, and cause you're like really the first person we've had on that has kind of been part of this like unique journey of like mm-hmm. what I think defines a lot of contemporary clown in Los Angeles. Obviously there's tons of splinter groups and people doing their mm-hmm. own things and wonderful people, but you know, the stuff that we talk about specifically on this podcast, I think a lot because it was that show that prompted me to talk to Phil, the, mm-hmm. the, the artistic director who directed that show and he's known as Dr. Brown to create um, Dr. Brown Live um, um, Live Directs, was it called? Or Dr. Brown Builds a Show, I think maybe it was. Builds a Show, I believe. Monday Nights, you mean? Yeah, the Monday Nights. Yeah. We, we which, had like yeah. 10 different names that never stuck. I know. We kept, we made, broke every marketing rule. Like, you know what I mean? We're just renaming it constantly. Oh, yeah. We were at one point named Aqua Barca. Which, um, but you know what? I told that story to somebody else and they were like, that's a really cool name. It means watership. I'm like, yeah, it's a joke, but it's like, takes itself to say, I don't know. Anyway, whatever. And now um, I, I think, you know, we really don't do it anymore, but there was a time where we just secretly called ourselves the funny time babies because it was the <laughs> worst of all the pitches. We're like, just such a horrifying name. And I think, and I wanted to talk to you about this too, because at that time I was doing Jetso, which was this duo with Juzo Yoshida, and we were doing a lot of improvised clown, but those nights were so interesting to me because that was like the first time I felt like I had permission to do like narrative scenes with clown work, but also take them completely seriously, like try to chase the drama of the scene because, you know, with Jetso, definitely I wanted the shows to be epic, but there was always like, yeah, but you guys came for an improvised, you know, it's, this is going to be fun. This, yeah. like, but that was like, you know, Phil was very clear with the audience early on, like before the show started that like, Hey, we're just going to try to make these really scenes that really stand on their own and then potentially find the humor or the oddness, but it'll be born out of the scenes being very good. And I wanted to ask you, cause for me, that was a big game changer in my perspective. Mm-hmm. Where were you at in your journey at that point? I really love that aspect of clown in general, I guess, like just the potential for beauty and, or like, um, and I think that's for me, always a fun game. Cause I always just wanted to be an actress. So like, I like, like taking things seriously and then accidentally being stupid and being like, Oh, that's what it is. Um, but for, yeah, I mean, those nights were so, so fun for me. Like, and it was kind of a mix of like, doing improv which I had done at the groundlings which like I don't know if I'm that good at that kind of improv but the like uh, there was a bit of a more freedom to be bad you know or like sometimes I remember like I would be so annoying to myself and probably the audience like I'd be a bit like pouty early and like I don't want to do like I was like would have would meet like resistance with myself in front of an audience but it kind of it helped me to break through that sometimes because I was like allowed to just be like, honestly, like where I was right there. There was, and this is something too, because I want to talk about solo work. Cause you and I also have been running into each other a lot. Like not only with the show clown zoo that we do and other projects, but you and I have been individually working on two different characters and kind of crossing paths at multiple mm-hmm. shows with these two characters. But I remember from those nights, you specifically, 
like you would have like sometimes like this, like, and it was very fun to watch. You'd have like a little fit, you know, you just like scream at the top of your lungs before you'd walk behind the curtain. You'd be like, ah, okay. Ah. Wow. And it's in that. And like, and it, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think when I look at your clown, you're wrong. Listen, Jim, I didn't mean something. Um, Jim, by the way, we all watched you come and go. Just so the people listening at home, you've been coming and going already. In this, you've shut your camera off twice. Um, <laughs> that is not true. Uh, I've been in the but, room the whole time. <laughs> um, Courtney, it's like, I feel like you you do this thing where you choose the idea that scares you the most. And then it is like palpable watching you like commit to this thing that like, there's a part of you that wants to escape the whole time. You never do it, but like, it's just such an interesting thing to watch. It's like, it's like almost that you look at a group of ideas and you're like, Oh, this one's the one I'm going to want to run from the stage in the middle of. Mm -hmm. And that's what creates the polarity of it. Like that's what makes it so fun to watch you. Cause you're a, you are always a hundred percent, but there is a part of you that I don't know, as I'm watching that is like, Oh, all these choices that she's making so boldly are scaring the shit out of her right now. Um, yeah, I'm definitely really scared a lot. And I, I'm definitely, my instinct to run from the stage is extremely strong, which can, like, I'm not one of those clowns that's like, you can't get me off the stage. I'm like, thank you very much. Good night. Like, that is always, you know, like, I always want to end the show and be done with it. Um, but I, 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 I guess I never really thought about it like that. I mean, I like, it's fun for me to like try things that scare me and uh but maybe i don't i like i like that analysis i don't oh, right. I, I definitely relate to like being very scared <laughs> like i feel like i do have like a bit of a duality where i actually am really uh scared all the time but can be very like um i like to be scary or something and you know too as just a normal person like you're very social you love to be out but like you don't need to be the center of it like absolutely a hundred percent do not need to be the center of attention. And a lot of our friends, that is not true. That is patently untrue where like, in yeah. fact, you get enough of them together and, but it's like, you are so good just to sit and watch and laugh and like, yeah, you know, so what is it then? I guess is the question. So, I mean, this work, it's exhausting. It involves like a greater level of vulnerability. I certainly, I know you can be funny otherwise. Like I know you just, in a scripted piece can be amazing. So why this work for you? Uh, probably the vulnerability aspect is really um, interesting and rewarding to me just to like uh, copy a word that you just said, but that, re that resonates for sure. And I don't, I, I mean, there's something, Phil, when I was just first introduced to it, like from a like philosophical standpoint or something if it is that which I don't know if it is but like I really connected to the idea that like there's beauty and something to be found in like the flop of like or and kind of accepting that you've already failed you've already failed it doesn't matter you know like if you can access that place um there's something really beautiful about that and then it I just had I just started to notice it like on stage and also like in a larger sense. And it, you know, I think there's something about that that is really interesting to me. And just you, that you're revealing yourself, like that it's, it's actually like, maybe I'm like, it's like, uh, what is that word where you're like, 
uh, exhibitionist or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's like a, in, a, in a deep sense, you know, like yeah. it, it gives you the freedom and a structure to be like, ah, look at me or something. But I don't really, but yeah, like at a party, I'm kind of like, oh, you didn't need to look at me, you know? Um, I would say, you know, it's funny. I think about like my journey specifically. And I think one of the things that I, I realized early on was when I got into clown, there were a lot of parts of me. I didn't want people to see, like there was like maybe a sense of controlling a situation or, you know, maybe also being jealous, like mm -hmm. not, not. And I remember all of those things still show through clearly, by the <laughs> okay. way. Well, I didn't say I corrected by all means. I have not corrected any of these things. The point is I would get laughs when I was in the state or playing and an audience would see these things that I was so terrified for people to see. Cause I wanted to come off as cool and composed and a good sport. You know, I'm not always a good, like I am a sore loser. I'm not a good sport. I do have a certain way. I think things should work. And when the audience would see me get frustrated and I wasn't able to hide those things, I would get laughs. And and it was like, oh, so here are these things that I've been working so hard to put in a box and in a cold, dark place. But if I let the audience see them, they're going to actually like me more. Oh, yeah. It blew my mind. It still to this day blows my mind that these things that we all assume are the like the warts and like the ugliness about us are actually the humanity about us. Totally. I love that. And it's like... Um if you can learn to control those things, like you actually probably incorporate them in, you know, in a sense, like in a Jungian sense, I don't really know what the fuck I'm talking about, but when you were just saying that right now, it, it like, it's like shadow incorporation stuff. And like all those things that you're like, I don't want to look that, at that about, at that about myself. You like, and you're as a clown or a performer, you like are like taking control of it or like incorporating it. I don't know. Yeah, no, and by the way, it's funny you say taking control of it because it's true, but it's also like allowing it's this, it, it's allowing it, right? Yeah. Like, and it's like allowing the audience. You know, I mean, I spent all those years with working with Juzo Yoshida and Jetso, and essentially the whole show. Like, of course, we always look at a show through our lens, but like that whole show to me was like, all I have to do is really care about something, let it get destroyed, and let the audience <laughs> see that I'm I'm heartbroken over it, <laughs> but not quit. Like, like I was like, that's the whole show for me. All I have to do is care and then show them the thing that I try to hide from 99.9% .9 of the world, 99.9% uh -huh. .9 of the time. And I'm fine. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I think also it was so interesting. Um, cause I want to talk just kind of transferring a little bit into clown zoo, which we mm -hmm. really, Jim, we haven't really talked about clown zoo, have we? Not a lot. So just a little backstory, mm -hmm. the same group that we've been talking about, the Monday night group, the group from uh, a lot of people from Gerald and the incubators, when the pandemic happened um, and we were all, and I would say Courtney's in my camp too, although she kind of goes, she has seasons. Courtney loves <laughs> to do shows like, like Courtney, Christina, Catherine Martinez and I in that group are the ones who are like, we're on, we, we will do your shows. Like we love to be on stage. And so of course the whole city went dry one of our uh, friends, Bill O'Neill, had a birthday party at the old zoo. Um, I don't think we even, most of us even saw each other. I think we all came in chiffs. But then most of us were like, oh, it's really cool up here. And these enclosures are like little stages. And if I have this right, it was maybe a conversation with Courtney 
Corey Podell and Natalie, I think, mm -hmm. but it was Corey who was like, wouldn't it be funny if we did a theatrical mask show? Cause we have to wear masks anyway. Mm -hmm. And a bunch of us reached out to each other, like saying, Hey, can we do something at the zoo? Like not even realizing the others had thought it. And then Natalie was the first one to say to me, Corey said this thing about theatrical mask. And this led us to try this thing in August, by the way, like this super hot month during the <laughs> pandemic. And we started putting these shows up um, at the old zoo. And we had like just cheap neutral masks from Hollywood costume. And, and of course it grew, grew into this really fun thing where we all got to see each other and perform. And now we do shows at the Elysian and, uh, and, but, but thinking about that, that kind of experience of clown zoo, I think for me, that was another evolution. And I wanted to get your opinion on it because, because yeah. I felt the, I got two things from that personally. One was here I am again, losing every week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I was like, here I am. Jetso had ended. And I was like, here I am. I'm just going to come out here and lose to my friends every week, which was fine. But the big, the big headline for me, and by the way, Jim is also in the, I never mentioned when Jim is in these, Jim is also involved in the show. Um, he's a major part of it. I would say thanks, Courtney. A, I appreciate a major that. supporting part, a major, <laughs> a major support player. I was um, the probably the performer who has attended the most and played at the most clown zoos. That's you have, true. you have, yeah, that's true. So a little um, more because you know major... Jim's composing career is kind of on the on the outs, so he's got time. Uh, this is a classic clown dynamic that y'all have, and it's really working for, <laughs> for everyone. It's working for me. It's working for you. Just um, yeah. But what I was going to say is like, I could give more. Like if I had to give one note from Clown Zoo, it was like because now we were outside, people were mm -hmm. often sitting 20, 30 feet away from us. Um, there were dogs and strollers and like kids from daycare. And it was like, oh, I have to like I can give more when I'm out here. Mm, um, that was like my big thing. I was like, oh, right. And I was like and I was very excited to see how that would translate when we got back inside. And for me personally, it's like, oh, I don't have to lower the volume like I might. And I don't mean like audibly. I'm like, I can bring this level of intensity that I need to be seen by this person sitting under a tree, having a picnic like that, you know, this level of intensity that was required yeah. to make them watch. Um, I was like, Oh man, inside it's even more dazzling. But I was curious from your perspective, like what were the things you took away from that experience? Um, I mean, I think it was so fun to do shows outside. I know that's like such an obvious and stupid thing to say, but, um, just that I felt like we were like making the best of a shitty situation and it, I was like oh I, th I feel like connected to like the Greeks or some stupid wanky <laughs> shit but like you know I, I really liked that part of it where I was like we're gonna keep theater alive you know or yeah. you know or just like people coming out on a lunch break it was so I'm so glad we did it and also I don't know in that show I mean you're a director in that show and you have like a persona for me I really enjoy just being a player and trying to do the the impossible task as best as possible it's really satisfying for me and the mask is so freeing I actually hate the introductions even though I understand they're necessary and we do it is fun but like I I don't like you often try to bail on them too. like really, you'll find a way to bail on them too yeah that's not my favorite part of it but I I will you know I'm yeah you, you have to do it or that's what we do but i really love like making the beautiful tableaus like it hits like 
a like a theater kid part of me did any and by the way like for me a little bit like especially with like my bomber character and marco Mm -hmm. uh, these are two characters i play like at stand-up clubs and courtney's got a bunch of characters like this too I did feel like when I finally got to do them inside again, Mm -hmm. that there was some clown zoo energy that was like, I was kind of like, I was like, oh, I'm bringing it really. Like, Mm -hmm. um, did you, cause you had started revisiting some characters too. You also, um, your show gutter plum, like you were, Mm -hmm. you've brought it back. You've done a bunch of sold out shows at the Elysian. This is a show that like super well received over at Edinburgh fringe. Did you feel any different and by the way it's fine if you didn't but like did you feel any sort of different kind of energy sort of reperforming these things post pandemic oh yeah probably yeah um it i get stage fright if i don't like do stuff for a while and is that why you do it all the time because you're just trying not to get to a point where it, you feel too rusty to do it yeah i don't like doing like i like doing shows but it's not like i don't you think do so if, many shows I go through phases where I do a lot of shows, but I actually don't think I have the same thing as like you and Christina, where you're like, get me up on that stage. Cause I'm always fighting the, like, I just want to chill. I actually just want to go to bed. Like I, you know, like, or whatever, but I, afterwards it's, you know, it feels good. <laughs> I mean, I do, I have to remind myself that I like doing it. So yeah, the big breaks of performing, were were like they're hard for me and clowns do hit but in a different spot like it didn't like because it's not like my material it was improvisational so it's like a little bit different and i think that's the thing i don't think we get enough credit for which is you know we do this show and yeah there's certain shows you know jim and all of us we get together and we work on pieces but like we're doing improv and we're doing it with costumes and props at this high level. We're like, I think, I don't think people come to those shows and go, oh, we can either go watch Laurens at UCB mm-hmm. or go to Clown. Like, clown, like I feel like those shows very much feel like a spectacle. Oh, yeah. Very mm-hmm. big. But we are, for the most part, just finding it because we love each other and we trust each other. And, you know, when Jim's sober, the music's amazing. <laughs> What's noon? Come on. Come on a little. <laughs> thank you, Courtney. Again, yeah, thank, you, thank you. What, musicians can't drink or do exactly. drugs? I don't know what she's talking about. Uh, they're well, better. What he's um, talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, when we were just now, it, it, Clownsy reminds me of something I used to do before I was even in L.A. to some degree, which was movement theater. And we would do these big, like, wordless Shakespeare productions that were, like, rehearsed and refined and, like, you know, at like big theaters in DC, but to begin, it was like, uh, we would, it was, it was like, we took like a clowns show and like made it really like good and choreographed or something. But the beginning, like that feeling of like, Oh, how do we show this? Like how do, you know, and just grabbing stuff and making it happen. was like a seat and, and being very physical. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I think, yeah, you, I think there were people definitely in our group that had to, maybe find their physical play more. But I I thought you were like a fish to water. Like you were like, oh, I get to jump around and jump up on stuff. Like yeah. you, Bill O'Neill, um, you know, Max, you know, certainly mm-hmm. we're just like, oh, we just, you know, um, let's talk about Gutter Plum for a little bit because you had a pretty unique experience on your way to Edinburgh, mm-hmm. which was you had a whole other show. <laughs> 
that yeah. uh, I saw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and but could you walk us through this? So, and again, we we mentioned, and we're gonna have her on the podcast eventually, very soon, hopefully. Corey Podell um, was kind of with you as a director. I know Phil Berger's kind of came in and gave some thoughts, but like, what happened? Like, because I think it's important for people to understand how important it is not to be precious and also how you have to be open to the experience of creating something that you can get behind. What happened in that whole uh, series of months heading up to Scotland? Oh boy. Yeah. Um, well, I did a very first version of a show. I was like, I want to do an hour. It was like a goal that I had. I had the seeds of an idea, which is, if you've seen Gutter Plum, the first part is sort of this, like, androgynous kid transforming into, like, a horny girl or whatever, you know what I mean? It's like, so I had done that as, like, a short bit for another, like, incubator type thing before I had met you. And yeah, then, I never saw it. I, I, I'd never seen it. Yeah, it was... um long story but like I I got there was like a stalker that was stalking me for a while showed up to shows and including that one and I kind of stopped performing for a second and then I had to get back on the horse but um so I, I had think that, that was se- kind of a misunderstanding Courtney I just really enjoyed your work <laughs> oh my god that was you this whole time uh, anyway uh that was a um not important but so I had and I I knew I liked that and I was like well if I could maybe like I could see that going other places so I started there um and it just like uh, oh, oh yeah so I, I knew at some point that I was going to get to go to Edinburgh and so I started running with that show and it was like I would get like 15 to 20 people for these like workshop shows and I would have sort of an idea of what I was going to do, but also part of it was just like eating shit a lot and then finding so, stuff. So when you say that, just to be, just for those like who are like very new, mm-hmm. would it be like, I have five ideas, I have five costumes, like, like wh- what, to what level? Cause I know, you know, you're a great improviser. Like how much freedom did you want to leave yourself to discover? And how much did you want to have like ready to go to make sure you had enough for that hour? It, I would, yeah, like I would, I would need like at least an image and a couple things I thought would really work. And then I'd be like, and in the middle, I'll just figure it out. And I mean, it's also like, I don't remember, you just fucking do it, you know? And it's just having the dates of like, and the panic to be like, people are going to watch you in one hour and you, you fucking figure it out and then have enough freedom and and not too much figured out that you can't like. It's a fine line though. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I like to have jokes that I'm really excited about or things to try that I'll remember so that I can go into a space where I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, but then like, I think that I'll get them back if I can just get myself back to that, you know, other, like a little path. But, um, yeah. Anyway. So at some, I don't really know what caused me to completely start making a different show, but I, I just lost confidence in what I was doing. I was up against a wall and there was something tapping at me that told me to like shift gears. And I started doing this whole other show where I was fucking British and coming out of a trash can. Um, and it was, <laughs> um, but and was this based a little bit on that character of the woman who, who uh, has lost her baby? 
Yeah, it was. It was like, that's how I started the show. So I started with a totally different 10 minute bit that had really worked when I had done it before. And I did like it. It proved to be a little bit, not the right choice to like have a whole show with that fucking character and like try to like take this like bad British accent to Scott. There were many problems, you know? Um, but, but it was also fun. And I actually needed to make a whole other show to take like two things from it because I, I feel like I needed to find a, something with that color that I was playing with there, which is a bit like darker or something and bring it into the, you know, the show that I had originally started with ish. Um, but, but it, I felt like those, you know, just being like, okay, you're going to do 30 shows or 25 shows before you leave. I felt like that was my like studio space, you know, like I, it was like, I knew I had that much time to like paint basically. With, right. You know. That sounds so fucking pretentious, but I, um, I don't know, but it was very hard and I suffered a lot. <laughs> you were like, miserable. miserable. You were understating that you were a, you were so like not being miserable to people, but miserable. Like you could just see a palpable sadness. I was like so that. nervous that mm-hmm. I wouldn't pull it off. And like, I was like, it's so, it's scary to like jump into something and not know where it's supposed to go. But you, but also it, I couldn't have just like thought of the whole thing and have it turn out the way it did, you know? And and some of the worst moments I found the best jokes. And that is like one of the, like, that is something I'm actually still like, there is this fine line where you start to get a bit to work. Like I have a couple bits now that I'm, I'm, I'm revisiting that totally work and I can go out, but it's also, they work enough that I'm afraid to, step out of what works which is mm-hmm. kind of what you're talking about like in in a strange way i feel like you even mentally committing to that show's dead to me mm-hmm. well, at least it allowed you to go out there and not be like oh yeah but i know this thing like like yeah you get these sort of markers and the audience gives you a reaction but if you can't let go of them in just the process of seeking new things mm-hmm. you never you can't find them you can't do it and uh i would even say like you know, I have that char- character, the bomber, who wears a bomb vest. And like that bit is like it, at 15 minutes, it's it's done kind of. But mm-hmm. like, I don't even know how to like if I want to do 30 minutes with that character. Like I'm yeah. so married to these rhythms. Like it would be hard for me ego wise to go out and be like, you're just going to this character, which you rely on for your biggest shows, which gets you the best reaction. You're going to go out and bomb with this character. <laughs> You're going to go out and do like C minus work looking for things when you know you have A plus jokes that you can just jump on right now. It's like that's a real challenge for someone who to go out and like eat shit on purpose, you know? (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's good for you, though. It's very it feels healthy in like a fucked up way. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's I mean it's the best thing. And like that, that you went through this. Let's talk about Corey Podell for a second. How, oh, yeah. what, what is the relationship as opposed to say like a traditional play that you might have with a direct, like what was your relationship specifically with Corey yeah. through this, I mean, this crazy I mean, back and forth. Corey like co-wrote that show with me, except for it's like not written down. So that's why we say it's co-devised because she was there as my outside eye, like 
and also, you know, she was watching every performance and like giving me feedback um, and also helping me come up with ideas before, like, ah, I need something like this. Uh, I'll try this, you know, um, Corey thought of the, um, the, the long pubic hair, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> but that was like a Corey image, which is like totally, you know, I, yeah, it is one of the things you walk away. Like, like, Oh man, yeah. that was like huge. Yeah. 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 You know, she was like, Oh, you should have a long bush. I was like, Oh, I should have a long bush. You know, like, whatever. it was like, it just made sense. And so it was like, for me, I like, um, you know, we, we just go way, way back to like groundling stage. So we're very close and it's fun to me to have like a friend that you trust. That's like funny. It's a really, it, it was so helpful. And the intimacy is helpful when you're like writing. Cause it's like, yeah, I, she, you know, Corey's a great director and like co-collaborator because she just like makes you feel so safe and she's got great ideas, you know? Um, and then, so that, I mean, and I was suffering the whole time. Corey would love me even while I was suffering and being really annoying, probably. And then uh, Phil came in and, like, really helped shape it at the end, you know, um, and kind of was the one to say, like, no, that's not working. Or, like, he was, like, the was able to be a little bit, like, firmer. Right. <laughs> you know, like... Well, it's tough, or right? Like because Corey also stop- supports you, right? Like oh, yeah, totally. Emotionally, so, like, it's also, like, it's a d- fine line for her, right? Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, like, yeah, she couldn't she couldn't tell me that I sucked. I'd be like, what? What the fuck, bitch? You know? Just kidding. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it was, like, very collaborative. Uh, you know, I couldn't have done it alone, for sure. I, I definitely didn't. Um, and you two are going to be – it's already sold out because I was really excited to promote it because I've been pushing you to teach – and Corey individually for over a year um, because I really do feel like I watch you at these shows. I, I work with you a million ways. I do feel like you have a really good mind for clown and like how to build, like really build things, like not just the philosophy, not just the idea, but like I want to go to a show, try things, know what to take, know what to discard. You know, like um, I've been watching you. What What's the name of your sex robot? Vanessa 5000. So I've been watching Vanessa 5000 and we had done a bunch of shows and it was already doing really well. And then I think a month or two had passed and I saw you do it again and you had built all this infrastructure. You had all these games and I was just so like, wow, you're like, and I'd been, I've been working on this Marco from security and I was like, Mm -hmm. she is flying through, like filling this out and making it three dimensional. Um, But what, what I was curious about is, being at all these shows, seeing a lot of work by younger clowns, you know, going to shows, you're also so supportive. You've come to a bunch of my shows in this sort of thing you're doing at the, um, it's called PDA public displays of what is it? Art Altadena. public displays of Altadena. It's a great new space out in Altadena. When you and Corey talked about doing this workshop and helping people develop work, what do you think will be like the fundamental things you hope these newer clowns can walk away having sort of experienced well we did we were were calling the class experimenting with material or some shit like that because we are also very catchy it's very catchy (laughs) whatever it's already full (laughs) but just i for me like i do want to also have the freedom i think we both want to to play as teachers and and see what works but it's like uh i love like the quote-unquote writing part of clown like that's in making stuff like even from like coming a sketch improv background like i always love 
actually sketch or something, you know? So that like, um, is just an interest in my, and Corey is so, she's just such a good director and has such good notes and is really good at like tapping into what somebody else wants to do. Not everyone can do that. Like I'm a bit like, some people it's like, I only know what I want to do. I don't know how to help you with what you want to do. And right. Corey can tap into anything. And, um, and I think like, I just really enjoy like the building of things. Um, but, but for, for me, for clown, I think it's like, it is, you have to, you know, give yourself space to discover while still having a bit, something in mind to go for, you know, and just simple things to keep in mind. Like you need a beginning, a middle and an end ideally. You know what I mean? If you have a great entrance and like a great exit and you can find something in the middle that gives you something to hang on to. Um, so I, I don't know. I think we're, we're going to play with it, but I think we'll try to like help people think about how they want to approach generating material and then, you know, like let them do it and, and help them shape it so that it, their idea can uh, work the best using their like listening skills and, and all of that. This is, I'm going to put you on the fire here for a second. <laughs> okay, okay. Like now, look how excited she is now, Jim. I'm scared because I was like, to go. but it's like I was totally bullshitting that whole time, you know. But that's what. <laughs> yeah, I know. Scared. We we both know. Jim and I okay, both know. Yeah, I'm totally We're watching scared. you at Zoom. Um, <laughs> So, and I'm happy to, by the way, tell you my thoughts on this too, but you're going to oh, go first. Oh, he's certainly happy to share his okay, thoughts. Okay, okay. All right, Jim. No, no by the way, Jim, why do you keep changing that? camera angles? No, you're not even talking. All I look doing, good. Because I'm watching him. He's been switching camera Yeah, I know. Angles. I love it. Thanks, Courtney. I appreciate the support. You okay. have a whole security system in your, in your Exactly. I'm a, I am as snug as a bug in a rug. <laughs> I mean, it's like a security system, though, if you were to like to take a woman hostage and you wanted to watch... What she does while you weren't home. Um, well, I so, mean, they can yeah. do a lot. Okay, moving on. Jim, Jesus. Um, we both do a lot of shows. Yes, yes. So what do you see that frustrates you the most with, like, clowns who are figuring it out? By the way, mm-hmm. who have every right. Yes, like, yes. We're all making mistakes. But if you were to say, like, oh, this people tend to do this and I think it's the wrong move or this is a move that frustrates me in terms of, how I'm watching like clowns generate material. What would that be? Oh shit. Um, This music's great. And by the way, it's not (laughs) as loud as you think. It's not as loud as you think. What comes to the, what comes to mind, I guess, is just, it's great to have big ideas and it's great to like, um, it's great to go for it. And I, and I, you love to see it. I would advise people to realize that for it to work in front of an audience of people that don't know you, you have to earn it. You know, I would work on your, like, I think one of the most important things is the listening aspect of like clown. So you have to, if they're not, if your audience is kind of like, eh, we don't, you know, you have to feel it a little bit. And like, you know, if there's something crazy you want to do as like a writer or as like, you know what I mean? I would say that like, just think about how do you earn the right to get to do that to people? Right. Does that, you know what I mean? Is that, yeah. is that like good, good guidance? Like, because you just have to earn it. And I think people sometimes think about like, oh, I'm going to be like crazy or whatever. And it's like, that's great. But Mm, there it's not the only way to be and to get there I, th- I just would think that i just maybe 
simplicity and stillness also are great tools. And rarely is that like when things are going wrong is like simplify this or Mm -hmm. let's find some stillness. Let's give the audience a moment, Mm -hmm. like not disconnect from them, but give them a moment to be with us where I don't feel like I have to just ramp up because I'm not getting the reaction I want. Mm -hmm. I think you and I actually like, it's weird because like, I do feel like that you and Natalie are like my clown children and like, Mm -hmm you've taken half of kind of how I see things and she has taken half, by the way, not because you trained with me. This is just this weird, cause yeah, I'm older. It I'm is like, weird. Well, and they're clearly it's definitely like weird. children age. It is my... some fucking perverted fantasy. I have to go. <laughs> so, this is very strange. Listen, okay. Jim, could you beat that? We're going to, Jim, put the beep on that, please. We're clearly. Yeah, man. Uh, that's no, going to yeah, be edited no. out. We're your daughters and it's. <laughs> oh, Chad, yeah, they're so funny. <laughs> that's okay. A, okay. Jim. Sorry, sorry, daddy. Keep going. <laughs> oh boy. All right. I regret all of this. Dad, um, I love you. But I would say that, um, like there's a certain like, with you, it's like, I think we think very similar. And that's why I think always like, I've never had a bad scene with you. I've never had a bad time with you on stage in that we're world builders. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just that we're with the audience, but like we are, they're going to enter a world with us. Like, you know, whether it's Vanessa 5000, where like, this is the future or your, your reporter, mm-hmm. like you are now in a, like a, an alien invasion or a dystopic future. Or like, I feel in general, when I watch your work, there's like an idea of transporting an audience and being like, this is who you are in the world I'm creating, Mm -hmm. which is like, I do the same. Like, that's the same for me. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. like, I want there to be a story here. It's not just about a unique character being on stage, but you play a part in sort of filling out the world that I'm creating. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one way that you and I do earn it in the sense that there's an immediate offer of like, here's your part. Like, it's not just like indulge us. It's like here, you have a part in this. Yeah. I think when dealing with the audience, it's like, you have to be sensitive. It's not just, I get to do whatever I want to. Me, same thing. Same. You know, like you, you, you want to make it fun for them and you want to give them the um, opportunity to do the right thing. Like there's something that you want them to do. And the more you can help them feel, do it successfully, you know, you have to kind of, take really good care of them and yeah i think that what you're saying is right like if they know this is if they know immediately what game they're playing what world they're in it helps them to relax and be willing to give you what you need i think it also it signals play right it's like oh yeah i think you said it by the way that would have been one of my notes like is it it like and this is the hard part of being a clown because a clown is someone desperate to be seen and desperate to have fun and like that is also part of it but, but it often feels like, look at me now. <laughs> like I had this idea and sit here and watch me do the thing as opposed to like this sense of inclusion mm-hmm. to the idea, you know, mm-hmm. like um, I see so much. And, and I would say my other note is know the difference between like an overarching idea and a series of bits mm-hmm. like, like if you have 40 bits that you want to get into your five to eight minute set, you are clearly not listening and present. Like mm. you are looking for a way, like I like the way you said it earlier, where have a few that you're like, boy, if I'm struggling, I have these things around me that I can grab onto as opposed to how do I get to the next one? Like, like as opposed to being in the moment being like, Oh, then I also want to do this thing where it looks like, 
my water breaks. Oh, but I also want to do this thing where, you know, I pull a bloody rattler out of my bra. Like, it's like, you, you can't do it all. Like the, yeah. the moments might not come naturally. Like if you're not in the moment of play, then the audience just feels like, what am I even here for? Yes. Yeah. It, you, you have to use discomfort um, strategically rather than like, I mean, it's just a balance, you know, like it's good. I like to create discomfort, but then like, uh, get them back, you know, like sometimes you, you don't want them to like not know what's going on or like linger in discomfort. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, I was going to ask you about that too, because I think like one of the things you do better than like most clowns too, is like, like you are, you're, you're very, be- you're a beautiful woman. And like, like, I feel I like felt weird. No, well, there's no way to, she, she knows. She knows. My me. darling father was also saying I look 10 years younger than I am before we started recording. All right. I'm saying, no, so now when you put these details together, <laughs> you put them all together, it doesn't, you know, you're a picture of a serial killer. Um, yeah. But like, you will like, you'll like, you'll come out like Vanessa 5000. You're like in a bikini, but then you also have this psychotically drastic makeup and this mm-hmm. hit, like you do the, the burlesque act. The first thing I saw you do, you come out and you can, you're a great mover. You can dance you'd like, but like very early, you're like, wait a minute, something's off here. <laughs> like, you're like, it's always like some, uh, you're, um, the, uh, the woman, um, the reporter, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, you're a little bit of your bra showing cause you've been struggling and stuff, but like you also have this crazy posture that you're doing and the mics in your, like, it's always like something grotesque mm-hmm. or something disturbing juxtaposed right next to something pleasing to look mm-hmm. at, you know? And I do feel like that's like this very brilliant way to immediately scramble the audience. Like they're like, Oh, I f- think I like this. Like, <laughs> like, Interesting. I, yeah. And, yeah. I, and I'd want, I wondered if that was like, like a part of a strategy or just like, these are just the organic things that come from the ideas that excite you to pursue. I guess a little bit of both. I mean, I think, you know, I probably, I think I have a bit of that quality, which is why like maybe like normal acting was like hard for me where you're like, Oh, that's a normal lady. And then you get up close. You're like, Oh no, it's not. Wait, you know, like, and I'm like, so maybe it's just like a bit of harnessing that. Like I like hard turns. Like, I mean, the contrast is just always, is I guess like a naturally interesting thing. Um, but also, I mean, that to, to come out strong with a little fucked up or whatever it is, I, it immediately puts you in the shit. Because if you are like coming in in a fucking costume with your ass out and then you suck, that is, you know what I mean? Yeah, so there's, a, there's certainly a danger in it. There's a, there's danger, a danger in it. it. And then if you can um, kind of get them on board from that place of danger, it's like, uh, it is like intentional tension that you disrupt with the laugh, I guess, maybe. I think, you know, you brought up again, spoiler alert um, um, for gutter plum. There's this point where like a character is very old and has these very long pubic hair and very long nipple hair, but also you're fairly, you're almost nude like on stage. Yeah. And I do think it's like, and I, I kind of try to do this in my own way. Like in one character I have, I flash this very, like annoying flashlight in people's faces. Like it's like, if you can make them feel one thing, Mm -hmm. 
and then hit them with something funny or absurd you've like you've almost opened up like the comedy chakras like you've like i you have given me permission to make you feel one thing but mm-hmm. now i'm going to take so like there's energy inside you but now i'm going to take it and add this really silly thing and you're going to be disarmed by it like it's going to catch you off balance and you know yeah. like you said hard right turns and i think you do this better than almost in this regard of like creating beautiful stage pictures that immediately turn horrifying. <laughs> like you are like, it's, it's such a like superpower. And I think you, I think you do it so deftly. And I could see like, if you were a young clown, maybe seeing that and like not seeing maybe all the, because there's so much nuance in the way you do it. Um, And I mean, by the way, what I'm saying is in them developing work and being yeah. like, like, it's like, Oh, well, you know, cause you have, I mean, every, little lady clown in it like you have so many fan, little fangirl like to just like they go they go to all the gutter plum shows like because That's like nice. you have a certain level of like like i said grotesque glamour oh my and god I, and i think that like is okay. that <laughs> Nice wow. Yeah, that's good. Do you, you like? I was, I wasn't sure if you were like grotesque glamour. I like no, that. No, uh, no, I'll, I'll fucking take it. Um, uh, yeah, I think. Well, part of it is like you do have to know yourself as a performer, and that's just like years of fucking doing things, even if it's not clown. I think you know. I think at this point, like I know what works on me. I know what's fun for me, and I know how people are going to respond to me in like a very general sense. And that's like through experimentation, but like, yeah, there, I think, you know, what, once I'm like doing a show or doing a piece, like in the right writing, quote unquote, like sometimes it's like, and I move my elbow one inch and it's not that much, you know, or like I put my shoulder up, but you know, it's like very, it becomes very specific, I think. And you also, to be clear, you also have some mime trained, like, like you, like you think about stuff like that. Like, it's not just like that you came upon this, like you, you've trained a little bit in this stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I've dabbled in that stuff, but also, I mean, like Natalie does this where like her, like physical jokes work because like they're, they're planned. There's like a one, a two and a three and she knows it. And it has to be that way every time. It's like a detail oriented thing that maybe comes, I don't know if maybe it comes off as less effortless than it is, you know? Uh, oh yeah. You mean say, like, yeah. it's sort of like, it's all built in, but yes. she's a good enough actress that it all feels like it's just, she's just hitting these inspired moments in a row. But in fact, it's been built and tried and tested. Right. And, yeah. Right. Um, I don't know. What was the original prompt for this response? Well, what, which I, I didn't actually even ask a question. Uh, well, I'm sorry. He, he rarely does. Listen, Jim. But there was a prompt. Uh, no, what we were talking about was that, like, I think I know because I have a ton of students because I sell out my classes super fast. Also, um, that wasn't mentioned I, for whatever reason. Courtney didn't mention that when she you're mentioned the, her class a lot. You know, you've got you're the most. I, I was about to say you're the most popular clown teacher in Los Angeles, but I didn't want to hurt my other clown teacher's friends. But you know, you, you're a great teacher. Continue. Um, continue. (laughs) Tell me to continue. No, but I was, I was saying that like, it's, it's like, I do feel like you represent this sort of way that you can like clown doesn't have to look a certain way. It, it, you can fail multiple ways. Mm -hmm. Like 
you can um, explore like absurdism, abstraction, grotesqueness, mm-hmm. like while also still like, you know, being pretty on stage, you know what I mean? Or being gas. Like, it's like you have such a unique kind of way of doing it. And I think that's why you're so popular uh, because oh. it's like, oh, this is like someone who's found a whole other way. Cause I think a lot of times we just all assume that the clown has to be, like painfully self-deprecating or mm-hmm. has to be like, Oh, you know, like I'm ghoulish, you know, like I have a hump on my back. I've like this, <laughs> and, you know, by the way, and all that stuff is great. And if that's yeah. your jam, like if that's what you want, like, but also, you know, I just had a student of mine who um, they recently uh, did this really fun act where they were playing Johnny Cash's sister and then sang a cover of a Johnny Cash song mm-hmm in that super low register mm-hmm. nail it audience loves it loves like and this was their first piece i think they had put up but it's like i would love more beauty and like Skill. i would love more grace i would love because when you give the audience that and then like you said you make the hard right turn mm-hmm. man the reaction you get like it really catches them in this place where they're not prepared totally and they have you know if you can incorporate yeah some beauty or precision or like I like to half acquire skills because like if you can do a skill good good enough that's like kind of good that's very useful for a clown you know that we're but you still have this natural like stupidity about whatever it is you're doing um look at Jim uh, he's this great half musician and he's like look how well it's worked for him (laughs) thanks Chad Wow. What? <laughs> um, yeah, I. Well, sorry, I just got distracted. I, it was because he gym. took. He, I, well, I was. I told you you turned on Jim. I told you. Yeah, that was me. I didn't even do was, anything. No, no, I was having profound thought and just evaporated. Yeah, because um, Chad decided to take no, away no, from no. the moment and try no, to make Jim, it about we all know insulting what happened, Put a his here. co-host. Just beep this because we're going to edit this so that it reflects that it was your fault. <laughs> but that's not a beep. What is that? Um, but, uh, but we are actually wrapping up, Courtney. And, and Jim is going to – Jim will end this podcast. Okay. That's what he gets for doing all this technical musical work and not being a host. He gets to end the podcast and tell us. But I do want to give you an opportunity. Um, as I promised at the beginning, offline, you and I had a conversation where you said you felt like you understood clown profoundly mm-hmm. and could mm-hmm. explain it easily. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So here is your opportunity, uh, Coco. What is clown? Uh, oh, God. <laughs> um, you know what? This is... I, I... This is not definitive, but I read this somewhere and I don't remember where. And it's probably some fucking like clown blog, and I don't know who said it. But in this moment, what comes to mind is that is the combination of having the playfulness of a child, but the discipline of an adult. That's good. (laughs) You really stole something quite good. I stole. It's pretty good, right? You know yeah, what that I mean? has a to, nice sound to it. To I be like able that. to access that playful child freedom, and then, like, as a performer, take you know, do do what you can with it or something. You know what I love about that quote actually is far too often I feel like th- that second half isn't 
uh, emphasized enough. Yes. And it's like, we're like, I was like, let me tell you something about children as um, you know, Jim has kids. Um, they don't, they don't speak with him, but he had, he had kids. They I used guess you to. could say they used to, um, but children can be wonderful. They can be such, you know, like radiating joy. However, a child like untethered, like we've all had flights ruined by children. We've all like seen scenes at a Costco, like just being childlike in and of itself does not make you into somebody that we want to spend time with. No. Um, and and I, I love children and that like, it is that like initial like laugh or joke you get. It's the same thing as a child figures out doing something stupid that everyone likes when the kid keeps doing it. And the mom is like, I'm done. Okay. Yeah, That's yeah. what your bits are like when you don't listen to the audience and you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> 100%. But but it's so there's something there. It's just then you like learn to to harness it and like and take control of it. Take take gentle control of it. Not too much. I can remember I went to um it was like at the holidays. It was at a time where I was still traveling back to New Jersey every year for the holidays and the kids decided they were going to put on a play. Like it was like a little Christmas play. And let me tell you the first minute of this Christmas play was dynamite. It was terrible. And then we were held hostage for like 40 minutes. And I was like, Oh my God. Like, and that's like you said, that's how I feel sometimes where I'm like, this is such a great offer. And then I'm like, Oh no, like, it's just, they don't care. (laughs) They're like, this is all for them. Yeah. Um, Well, that was lovely. And, And again, so concise so well delivered, so stolen and unaccredited. I, uh, exactly. Thank you. But now we are going to end the podcast as always. Uh, James Venable has been listening intently to this conversation. He is a baby clown himself, and he's going to surmise all the wisdom that Coco and I have imparted uh, in this episode. Jim, um, it's time for your final minute. It is. Some of the uh, things that I drew upon from this podcast were things like some of the worst moments lead to the best jokes very profound. I got to learn how smart Coco is, Courtney. I know her as Coco. I feel lucky to know her as Coco. And I do want you all to know that Gutter Plum is easily top three clown shows I've seen. Probably top two. And the only reason I'm giving it top two is because I don't want Natalie Palomitas to get mad. I absolutely love your work, Courtney. Um, Let's see. Courtney loves having waypoints throughout a show and having something to kind of aim to and then fill in which I really thought was a a great way to go about things Chad really knows how to mention himself while insulting the guest at the same time with uh, the whole I saved you from jumping a queue which I obviously somebody like Courtney she would have never, never, never would have done that <laughs> fake news uh, Courtney has to remind herself that she wants to perform which never shows in her performances and uh, Chad calls what she does at Clown Zoo jumping around I called it dancing and stage pictures and beauty but Chad's jumping around is I guess what we're going with that's all I got so, Jim, so you didn't know I was smart until this very moment? Oh, I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> you have to understand, Jim's so, been friends with us for years. So after all these years, you didn't know. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. No, wow. thank you. Thank you. I'm glad uh, you that know, I've got I, the I should, uh, I'm just guest against me to, again. I just have to say this. And Jim, that was your best effort, and still it failed miserably. But <laughs> no, um, no. Uh, I, right before this podcast, Jim said to me, he goes, y- you think we can do an hour with Coco? 
bites <laughs> under the not floor. true. That is not true. Um, <laughs> thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of Stand Up and Clown the Podcast. Don't forget that this show has been inspired by our show, Jim and my show at the Elysian, last Monday's most every month, 930 um, where we take stand-ups and run them through a grueling gauntlet of clown. You can also find a bunch of information about myself and Courtney and Jim in the liner notes. Um, definitely, you can't get into this PDA class, but hopefully this will inspire Courtney and Corey to teach a bunch of classes. It would be welcome in L.A. And there are a bunch of shows that you can see anytime if you're in the Los Angeles area. Until we speak again, and Coco, you're going to hate this, but this has become kind of the catchphrase of the show. Keep clowning. Oh, <laughs> oh God! But it's like now a pattern has been made, and like, yeah, that's yeah. Me. No, it's good. You don't like it? I can see on your I, face. No, I like it, and also you have to acknowledge the patterns as they as they arise. You know, it's a little writing tip. Are we still being recorded? Oh yeah, more. yeah. I'm this gonna, is still going until Chad says it's over. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna let's just shut it down. <laughs>